Well, we're in our series, and it's good to be together in the series. If you're online, we're so glad you're with us and connecting with us. This is an important time in the life of Fox Valley Church. As we think about this series, Shine, I was thinking of James chapter 1, verse 17. It says that our Father, right? We looked at the Lord's Prayer last week. Our Father is the Father of lights. Now, of course, that probably is a little bit of an allusion to Genesis chapter 1 one when our father the god of the whole universe created the lights right that we see the stars and the planets and all this but when you read james chapter one it becomes really clear that we are the lights and we need to be lights that shine in the darkness. And of course, we've been talking about our campaign, Light for the Future, because we want to be light. We want to be light in the darkness that we see in the day in which we live. And so what we want to do in Light for the Future, as many of you know, it's a five-year campaign. It has two phases. First phase is to eliminate the debt. We have been dragging this debt and it has dimmed our light. We have talked about this. I've laid out some facts, but let me give you some good news. Just on Friday, we released another 60-some thousand dollars to eliminate the debt. Can we just give some praise to God? I mean, the campaign hasn't even started, and here we're, we're already seeing people excited. Let's, let's get going with this so we can do it. But we know that phase two is not only looking at going forward, but it's going forward with a new ministry center. That as we go into the missional work that God has given us, we need a facility that better serves us, that will allow us to bring in the community more, allow us to do more ministry through the building. Those handicaps that we've had, those limitations that we've carried along, we can now look at how can we address them as we go forward. But we do want to stay focused on this first phase because without phase one, phase two is not going to happen. So let's just stay focused there. That is light for the future. Now, as we look at this, I've been in a series about shine and difference makers because difference makers want to shine brightly. They want to be light in the darkness. And that all links together light for the future. Now, you and I know that sometimes, most often, when people are in their final hours of life, they say, some of the most important things, right? There's, there's things that are important to them. Sometimes a, a grandfather will speak into the life of the, the kids and their grandkids and maybe their great-grandkids, right? Saying, hey, here's what you need to pay attention to. So this morning, we're going to look at a passage. Jesus is in his final hours with his disciples. And he's got something to say. And he wanted to tell them that God's Spirit wants us to hear it today. And I think what Jesus had to say is the most important thing for this entire universe. That's a big statement, isn't it? But Jesus had something he needed to tell his disciples that was the most important part of this universe. If you have your Bible, would you open with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. 
Now, we're not going to study the whole passage, but we want to dive deeper into verses 1 to 7. If you have a device, I want to encourage you to find John 15. I don't want you to miss because what Jesus had to say to his disciples as he was leaving is a game changer. It's a game changer for all of us. Verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Father, who art in heaven, (laughs) the one who rules the whole universe, the one who stands over all creation, Father, we, we praise you right now. We praise you that you are not silent, that you have spoken, and you have spoken clearly. You told us something about yourself, that you are holy. Hallowed be your name. You are set apart from all other beings in this world. There is no one like you. Father, as Jesus taught us to pray, we do want to see your kingdom come. We want to be bright lights in your kingdom work as it's unfolding today. God, we need your spirit to lead us right now into truth. You told us that your spirit would guide us into all truth. We need that right now. We need your spirit to quicken our hearts. We need your spirit to drill down into our souls. We need your spirit to show us where we've drifted or where we've been out of bounds. We need your spirit to show us the way forward. So we pray now in the name of Jesus the one who makes all things possible. Amen. Amen. Well, as we look at this this morning, the question I want to lay out, because we're talking about difference makers, is what do difference makers know about the Bible? Now, you might have heard the reading of this passage, and you're like, wait a minute, why are we talking about the Bible? Well, we're talking about the Bible because the Bible's in the passage. But certainly when you heard the word abide, that kind of grabbed your ear as we read it, like abide, abide. Now, some of you may have a translation that reads remain or remain, remain. Same concept, and we'll go a little deeper into this, but difference makers, they know something about the Bible. Actually, only twice it used the word word. Now, when it uses the word word there, it's talking about the things that Jesus taught. 
Now, if you read the Gospels, the things that Jesus taught, over and over as Jesus taught, he was looking backwards into the Old Testament. In fact, many of you might have already recognized that John chapter 15 is an allusion to Isaiah chapter 5. And we'll look at that in a little bit. It's an allusion to Isaiah chapter 5 where there's this whole song about the vineyard. And Jesus, he opens it up in verse 1, right? When he says, I am the true vine, right? When he uses that word true vine, he's making a distinction out of Isaiah chapter 5. But look what else he says. He says, my father is the vine dresser. Now, the vine dresser is the one who goes into the vineyard and watches over the entire vineyard. He controls everything that's happening there. And it says that this vine dresser, our father, as it says here, he's going to do two things. He's going to do two things. The first thing he's going to do is he's going to cut away the branches that do not bear fruit. Right? Isn't that exactly what he says? He says that he takes away the branches that do not bear fruit. And then he also prunes the branches so that they will bear more fruit. So what we get the description of is in this vineyard, there's a vine, and on the vine there are branches, and there are branches that are really a sham. They're, they're doing nothing. They look like all the other branches, but they're not bearing any fruits. Then we get into verse 3, and he says very cryptically, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So as Jesus is talking about this picture of pruning and cutting and cleaning the vines, he says, you are already clean because of the word. They were so connected to Jesus. They were so in tune with who Jesus was. Now this is all being taught I think they were still in the upper room. The end of chapter 14 leads, uh, leads you to an illusion that maybe they left the upper room the last night of Jesus' life. But I think what happened, because when you get to John chapter 18, you find another illusion where Jesus says, let's depart. Has this ever happened to you? You have people over at your house, and you know it's getting late and it's time to leave. And what happens? You get up, and you head towards the door. But all of a sudden, a whole new conversation breaks out. And you just stand at the door talking. I've seen this go for an hour, right? I mean, imagine. And then when all the guests leave, let me tell you what happens behind closed doors, is Kathy will say, well, what were you thinking? Asking another question, right? I think that's what happens. John chapter 13, they're in the upper room. It's the last night of Jesus' life. You get to the end of chapter 14 and they say, let's get up and let's get going. They get to the door and it's like they pause. And chapter 15 is a whole new conversation that breaks out. And then chapter 18, they head down out the door 
across the Kidron Valley and into the garden. So Jesus is with his disciples and he says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken. They were tracking with Jesus. Remember, Judas is gone by this point. So he's got his 11. And they're tight. They've left everything. They're connected to Jesus. So he's saying, you're already clean. Now, if you know your Bible, that's resonating a little bit with you because in John chapter 13, remember what happened. They get to the upper room. Jesus he pulls a game-changer move, doesn't he? He puts on an apron, and he says, let me wash your feet. Remember Peter, Mr. Vocal, the one who's got a big mouth and speaks out? He says, Jesus, I'll never let you wash me. And then he wants Jesus to wash his entire body. Well, Jesus brings this phrase, you are clean. Powerful truths that when you're connected to Jesus, you are clean. So all of this is happening. Let me just go back. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, I have up here a vine. This is a grapevine. Now, you can see that there's a main stalk growing through here, right? It's a little bigger. It's a little heavier. And this was connected to a huge vine that's years, years old. And now you and I know, because we've seen it, someone, maybe your kids or your grandkids, they hang on a tree and they break a branch, right? Something like this. But the leaves are still green for a while. And then all of a sudden they start to go brown, don't they? Why? Because they're not connected anymore. They're not abiding. If you have a translation that says remaining, they're not remaining connected to the life source. A lot of Christians are not grabbing hold of the truth of the vine. So let me tell you what he does, right? There's some sham Christians. You know what a sham Christian is? It's people that pretend. It's people that are going through the motions. It's people that want to say, I'm a Christ follower, but they don't really want to obey Christ. They want to do what they want to do. And Jesus says, what's going to happen is the vine dresser is going to come in and he's going to cut the branch off. And what does he say happens to that branch? It gets tossed into a pile. And then it's burned. A big metaphor, a big picture for the place that must not be named. Hell. And so the vine dresser says, wait a second, here's a branch. But you know what? It's taking a lot of energy and it's taking away from all the fruit that's going to be later produced on this longer branch. So he says, if I cut this back a little bit, now this one got pruned and it can bear more fruit. And if you've ever seen this, this all takes place in our area, in our area usually in the wintertime. 
sometimes late spring, before things start to bud. And the vine dresser comes in, and so he's going to cut this branch off. This is a sham one. And all of a sudden, everything starts coming through so that by the end, it's producing more and more fruit. Why? Because more and more of the life source of sap is driving right through this vine. course this is now talking about abiding in Jesus right connecting because he said I am the true vine it's powerful truth that Jesus was trying to bring as he looks at this and in the vine dresser you've seen maybe a vineyard where they they bring and all you have is is one all of these now I got to save some of these for the next service right but they would come and they would cut everything off and just leave the main branch and maybe something right here just stop. And then in the spring, it will explode in branches and bearing fruit. And so what Jesus is doing is bringing us and he's saying, you're already clean because the word I have spoken. See, when you're abiding with Jesus, you're listening to the word that Jesus has to say. You're, you're reading your scriptures over and over. You're meditating upon them. You're reading them so that you know what God the Father is saying and what Jesus is bringing to us. And Jesus was bringing all of these things to us. So let me answer that question then. What is it that difference makers know about the Word? First thing they know is the Bible tells us who God is. The Bible tells us who God is. So many people I talk to, if you ask people on the street, who do you think God is? They make up stuff. Christians make up stuff. He's a grandfather type that would never hurt anybody. Or he's this, a rich uncle that just wants to bless everybody. Or they just go on and on. What Jesus told us in this story is that the Father is a vine dresser. He's telling us something about God. He's telling us. Now this isn't all that the Bible says about God, but the Bible tells us who God is. And he says that this God, this vine dresser, is in control of the whole vineyard. And he's going to prune. And he's going to cut away. He destroys the fake, the sham. He's in control of eternal things. In Isaiah chapter 5, what some people call the song of the vineyard, let me read just a little bit of it to you. It says, My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and he hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes. But it yielded wild grapes. And then it just goes on. Well, who's the vine? Israel. So when we get into John chapter 15, Jesus says, wait a minute, I'm the true vine. So even though God was using the metaphor, the picture, the great prophet Isaiah, through the power of the Spirit, writing about Israel being a vine, he gives a picture. Well, who cleared it? God cleared it. He prepared the promised land for Israel. 
He dug it out, it says. He cleared it of stones. When Kathy and I were in Israel a few years ago and we saw the rocky soil and we were in the little village and we're watching all of this, they had the vineyard and, and it was all rocks and it was hard soil, but someone cut it all through and planted these vines, these grapevines. That's what it says here in Isaiah chapter 5. Listen, he says he planted it with choice vines. Those are God's people. That's you. Your choice. Isn't that a beautiful expression? This is what God did. He's the creator. And then it says he built a watchtower. Why a watchtower? Because this God is going to watch his vineyard. He's going to make sure it's taken care of. He's going to make sure no wild animals get in. He's going to make sure no thieves come in and steal. And then he hewed out a wine vat so that he could make the wine, but it said he looked for it to yield grapes, to bear fruit. Why do you have a grapevine? To bear grapes. You don't have a grapevine just to have it. You have it to bear fruits. So he created his people. This is telling us stuff about God. In Isaiah chapter 27, Isaiah, the great prophet, picked up the same picture. And he said this, In days to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel will blossom and put forth shoots. Talking about the vine again. And fill the whole world with fruit. You read that? In days to come. Well, that's Jesus. He came. And he says, I'm the true vine. And you are the branches. And if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. And so it's all about bearing fruit. The Word of God is a purifying force in our lives. Now remember I said, Isaiah, or we said that we're also looking at light for the future. And light for the future is our theme verses right out of Isaiah chapter 58. And in Isaiah 58, it says a number of things, but let me, let me bring up a couple things for you. In verse 2, I want to bring this up because this is an important part of what's going on in Isaiah. We chose verse 10, but wait a minute. Here's what's happening. He says, verse 2, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. And so you get this sense these people are, are seeking God and that's what's going on. But look with me in the next verse. The slide will come up. It says, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? See, what's happening is there's sham. They're, they're, they're walking through, but they're not making any a difference. Got to pause just for a moment. There's a lot of people today that are sitting in chairs, coming to church, and they walk right out the doors, and it makes no difference that they've been here. God has gifted them. He has skilled them. He has blessed them with abilities. 
He has given them a mission and they walk out and make no difference. He goes, Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure. Isn't that what it says? Behold, you fast only to quarrel. It's all about ourselves. It's not about the kingdom as we looked at in our first week. Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 7. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? God is about setting people free. He's about pouring out His grace and getting people out of bondage to undo the straps of the yoke. Our culture just puts yokes and yokes and bondages on women and men. Women, you've got to do this. You've got to perform like this. You've got to be this career. You've got to be this kind of mom. You've got to do this kind of stuff. And it's a yoke that you were never meant to carry. And God wants to set you free. And God does the same thing with the men. And he just puts on bondage. This culture puts on bondage and bondage. And God says, isn't it me that wants to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? looking at people, you know the truth. Are you taking it to people that don't have the truth? This is who God is, and this is why Isaiah 58 is so important. Then verse 10, our verse, if you pour yourselves out for the hungry, if you satisfy the desire of those that are afflicted, then your light will shine bright. That's what Fox Valley wants to do with this whole ministry light for the future. We want to be about serving our community. We want to be serving our families, blessing the people that are far from God. So let's go back now to difference makers, right? They know who God is. They know what he's doing. But secondly, the Bible tells us who we are. We are the branches we just read in John 15. And we need to abide in the vine. If you're not abiding in the vine... You will not bear fruit. And what I sometimes wonder, if I could speak bluntly, is are we really abiding if nothing's happening? That's between you and God. It's between me and God as I wrestle with what's going on. But one thing we do know is that the vine dresser is going to cut away those branches that are bearing no fruit. She's going to lop them off. I know that raises a lot of questions. And I do believe in eternal security. And I know that if we've trusted Christ. But I know too there's a lot of passages in the Bible that tell us. Examine your heart. 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine your heart to see if you're in the faith. Are you really abiding? Here's the third. Difference makers know the Bible tells us why we're here. We're not here to be spending everything on our own pleasure. People have asked me, now is this campaign about money? Well, yes and no. It ultimately starts with our heart. And that's why we're spending so much time talking about the heart. But money is a tool. And if our heart is right with God, we'll use our tools to do what God's called us to do. The Bible tells us we're here to bear fruit. And if we read the passage, what's the fruit we're supposed to bear? He says, if you abide in me and I in you, there's going to be a love that flows out of us. But what's happening in our current climate are so many Christians are bashing other Christians. I don't call that love. Jesus would not call that love. 
It's time to love. If we read the passage a little more closely, going all the way through chapter 15, we'd see that abiding in Christ brings joy. And abiding in Christ brings peace. But it also means, he says in verse 16 of chapter 15, go and bear fruit. Obviously, he's talking about you got to get out there. You got to get out there and talk to people that are far from God. Let me give you the fourth one. The Bible grows our faith. The Bible grows our faith. We'll never grow in our faith if we're not reading our scriptures. We need to be men and women of the word. We need to be in deep with what God is doing over and over or we are going to miss God's plan. But let me hit my second point here. Difference makers abide in Christ in his word. So, of course, the big question is, how do we abide, right? I mean, that, that's where we got to go. And there's a lot of ways to talk about this. We can talk about the crucified life of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer the life I live, but it's the vine. It doesn't say that. It's Christ living through me. It's the vine. It's being connected there. It's this intimate, essential life of the believer. But let me say, when I said it's the most important truth for the entire universe, I hope you made the connection already. We want people to abide in Christ because that is where real life is. If you're just going through the motions, it's not real life. If you're just showing up, that's not real life. And if you're far from God, what's going to happen is these branches get cut off. The stakes are high. And Jesus is taking us there. So this abiding, let me talk about it in terms of a relationship first. And then we're going to talk about how. It, it, it's intimacy with God. It's connecting with Him that you can hear what He has to say to you. It's essential for living. But some of us don't think it's essential. Now, how can you tell? Just ask yourself, how much time this past week did you spend in your Bible? And then just compare that to how many newscasts you listen to or how many podcasts you listen to. Or how many news columns you found yourself digging through. Just make a little contrast. And I'll tell you what's filling your heart and your mind. No one can answer this. But if we're going to be difference makers, we've got to abide with Christ. Verse 5, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Look at this next phrase. You're not going to believe it. I'm going to say it again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can spend your whole life. And if you're not abiding, it counts for nothing. Whoa, the weight of what he's saying here. These are Jesus' last words to his disciples. The Spirit is speaking this morning. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Take your whole life. Are you 50 years old? If you're not abiding in Christ, throw it away. If you're 60 years old, if you're not abiding in Christ, toss it away. 
it amounts to nothing. If you're not abiding in Christ, nothing you do in this world will ultimately matter. Whoa! And the world tells you if you got enough toys, if you do enough things, you'll be happy, and all of it is a sham. Let me put it in the positive. Abiding in Christ is the greatest thing. It's the only thing in this world that matters. So the question is, how? How do we do this? I wrote down a couple things that I think as I've read Scripture, as I've meditated, as I've walked my own life, here's the first one. We abide in Christ by living obediently by faith. That's what Jesus said in John 15, verse 10. If you, commi- if you keep my commandments. That word keep means obey. You can't obey what you don't know. And you don't know if you're not in the Word. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. There's a connection between experiencing and knowing and giving love if you keep His commandments. Now, I want to be really careful. I wrote this statement very carefully. We abide in Christ by living obediently by faith. It's not a checklist. There's churches that will tell you what to do. And you'll do it. But if it's not done by faith, it doesn't matter. Because abiding requires depending on Christ. Trusting in Him. This church, let me be really clear, is not a moral improvement program. Go to the Mormon church. That's a moral improvement program. They live pretty decent lives by and large. But what we want at Fox Valley Church is to know the grace of Jesus Christ. That He receives us by grace. We don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It's not a checklist. It's grace. And you walk by faith. Our whole Christian life is a life of grace. So we need to live obediently by faith. What is God calling me to do based on the Word of God? Not on how I feel. Man, if it was based on how I feel, who knows what I'd end up doing. But it's based on the Word. Let me give you a second thing I wrote down. We abide in Christ through a life of repentance. Repentance. When was the last time you sat with God and He said, you are out of line? If that doesn't happen on a daily basis, hour by hour basis, the Christian life is a life of repentance. I didn't treat my wife kindly. Did I repent of that or just blow through the stop sign? I didn't treat my husband appropriately. Did I repent of that? Or do I just go through the red light? Only you can answer this question. But it's a life of repentance. Those thoughts that you were lusting about a woman 
Did you repent of that or just dismiss it? All men do that. All women do that. Abiding will not happen if you're not living a life of repentance. God, where am I out of line? What is happening? It's not for me to point the finger at you and say, well, what's going on over there? It's between you and the Lord, and He'll change your heart. Here's a third I wrote down. We abide in Christ when we surrender. That's why we talk so much at Fox Valley Church, and here's my phrase. We need to surrender our time, treasures, and talents. Don't you wish it would end there? But I add our hopes and dreams to the plans and purposes of Jesus Christ. If you don't live a life of surrender, you're on a mission for your own agenda. And that's what happened in Isaiah 58. Oh, we're going through the motions. We're fasting. But we're fasting to get what we want instead of in line with God's will. We abide in Christ when we surrender all our time, treasures, and talents, hopes, and dreams to the plans and purposes of Jesus Christ. And here's the last. We abide in Christ in worship. I love Pastor Brad and how he continually leads us in worship. He tries to teach us about worship. He tries to guide us into worship. And I think when we learn to be worshipers, when we learn to be worshipers, we'll be abiding in Christ. So as we end this morning, I'm going to invite the band out. want to end a little differently. I'd like to end with some intimacy with the Lord. Maybe you haven't done business with God. Maybe you haven't taken some time to reflect. Say, God, where, where, where have I been off? You know, God will tell you. He's concerned. He wants to bring you into this time of intimacy. But I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing greater in this entire universe than knowing Jesus Christ. There's nothing better. There's nothing higher, nothing deeper, nothing wider than to be abiding, remaining in Christ. So I got a question for you. My last question. Do you, you people online, do you, do you want to abide with Christ? They're going to lead just in one verse in the stanza. Just listen. Just meditate as they sing and ask that question. Do you want, answer the question, do you want to abide in Christ?